Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. There's been a lot in the news lately about how the Chinese government has turned the northwestern province of Xinjiang into the equivalent of a concentration camp. That area is largely populated by Uyghurs, a minority population that is religiously Islamic and linguistically Turkic. In this area, over a million people who live there have their every movement tracked day and night, their identities and actions always known to authorities. The key technologies that underlie this 24-hour surveillance system are facial recognition technology and DNA scanning. These technologies create a surveillance state that is hugely more pervasive and powerful than anything George Orwell could have imagined. Use of those technologies are not restricted to China, of course. We've discussed the use of facial recognition technology in the U.S. on past programs, and we probably will be in future programs as well as the use of that technology spreads. It's been a while, though, since we've looked at the current state of DNA analysis, so let's see where that technology stands these days. Let's leave aside for a moment whether the DNA scans that commercial companies like Ancestry and 23andMe provide are much good at actually delineating heritage, which is what most people who provide their DNA voluntarily are interested in. You may have heard of the identical twin journalists up in Canada who both sent in DNA samples to several of these DNA outfits and got back sometimes wildly different results about their heritage and so forth. Not only from the different vendors, but from the same vendor who had the DNA from identical twins. While that might be a bit discouraging to hear for people who forked over their hundred bucks, heritage accuracy is not what we're interested in today. One way to get a sense of some of the concerns that may not be apparent to folks who spit or swab and then send a sample of themselves out is to look at some of the recent headlines from various press sources, most of them tech sites. Quotes here, You don't have to sequence your DNA to be identifiable by your DNA. Or, Genome hackers show no one's DNA is anonymous anymore. Or, Home DNA test kits pose unprecedented privacy challenges. Or, Warrant let police search online DNA database. Or, Tech firm that develops tools for police buys massive DNA database. Or, The U.S. urgently needs new genetic privacy laws. End quotes. Or, if these headlines may seem a bit alarmist, how about this very sober article title from one of the most prestigious scientific journals in the world, the journal Science. Here's the title, quote, Identity Inference of Genomic Data Using Long-Range Familial Searches, end quote. Huh? Well, for a somewhat better description, here's part of the abstract from that article, quote, Consumer genomics databases have reached the scale of millions of individuals. Recently, law enforcement authorities have exploited some of these databases to identify subjects via distant familial relatives. Using genomic data of 1.2 million individuals tested with consumer genomics, we investigated the power of this technique. 
We project that about 60% of the searches for individuals of European descent will result in a third cousin or closer match, which theoretically allows their identification using demographic identifiers. Moreover, the technique could implicate nearly any U.S. individual of European descent in the near future. We demonstrate that the technique can also identify research participants of a public sequencing project." End quote. Translating that abstract into somewhat more colloquial English, we learn that about 60% of people of European descent, whether they ever spat or swabbed or not, can be identified through the DNA of 1.2 million people who did voluntarily submit their DNA to a single commercial company. The authors of this article contend that, since the large majority of those who have voluntarily submitted DNA samples to commercial DNA databases are of European heritage, with DNA from only 2 million people, it would be possible to identify 95% of those of European heritage in the U.S. whether or not they ever submitted a DNA sample. In other words, if you're of European heritage and if your aunt or uncle or first cousin or second cousin or even third cousin submits a sample of their DNA, that pretty much makes you identifiable because of the genes that you share with your kinfolk. Think about that for a moment. Our DNA is essentially the most personal thing about us and is unchangeable. A person, at least a well-off person, could theoretically use plastic surgery to change facial appearance. Even fingerprints can be the equivalent of sanded off. But DNA? No way. That is precisely why the Chinese government is scanning the DNA of every Uyghur in the country. DNA provides an absolute identification of an individual. And soon, that identification will be available for almost everyone of European descent, whether we like it or not. So then the question arises, who can get access to that most personal of personal information, and what can they do with it? And what protections, if any, does a person, and by extension that person's relatives, have that their DNA will not be misused? That is a very big question. While using DNA to enable medical professionals to develop or better prescribe drugs that are tailored to our individual bodies is an exciting possibility that's actively being researched, there are a lot of other possible uses for DNA information which aren't nearly so positive. So, we'll do our best to take a look at the beneficial and not-so-beneficial uses of DNA information right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <laughs>